privilege for you uh, this morning. We have Pastor Festus Nagumbo from Namibia. Uh, if you don't know where Namibia is, it's if you think of Africa, uh, we know that South Africa is at the bottom. If you think of the west side, if you're looking at the map, if you look at on your left, right above South Africa on the western coast is Namibia. Um, I, I've seen it from the air. I've never been there. I've seen it as I've flown over, and I can see that it, there's a lot of red and a lot of sand. And it's a little different than what we have going on here in Springfield today. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hot, a dry climate, and, uh, but it is a privilege to have him here. The Lord connected Pastor Festus and I. When I first started pastoring this church um, as lead pastor, which was, this is, next week's going to be 11 years. And as uh, the, very, the Lord, the very first thing, he said, I just really sensed the Lord said, I want you guys to receive a missions offering the first Sunday of every month, and I want you guys to do a project in Southern Africa. And so I, I, I was obedient to the Lord, and, I, and I, I, we talked to the church leaders, we contacted our missions department, and we said, you know, what need is there in Southern Africa that we can help meet? And so they connected me with Pastor Festus, and there was a church in Angola uh, that was being planted, and they had the walls up. They, all they needed was a roof to finish, and we said, we'll, we'll take that on. And I think it was only like $2,400, but and we were a small congregation at the time, and we believed the Lord, and it took us months and months, but we, you guys, well, wasn't very many of you, you guys are most have come since 11 years ago, but those that came before you, and some of you, some of you, uh, we gave, and and we believed the Lord, and he provided the money, and the and the roof went on that church, that church is still going today, and we're thankful for that, and so uh, Pastor Festus and I, we've communicated over the years, the last several years at our conventions that we gather at. Um, we have meals together. We've been together in South Africa, and he was out. He's on our global council, and so he was in meetings in L.A. And I said, "Well, while you're in the neighborhood, drop by, and I want you to speak um, to our church." And and so we are. Uh, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. He's a man of prayer. His church is a church of prayer. And so I said, "Come and 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 pray over us and speak to us and deposit some of that into the life of our church." So can you guys give a big Ozarks welcome to Pastor Festus Nagumbo? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm happy to be here. I want to thank you all for your friendliness and your welcome. Uh, we are all sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And I'm blessed to be here with you. Even though a brief visit, I hope probably in the future, if I happen to be around again in the U.S., I may pop in and say a greeting to you. Uh, yes, like uh, Pastor Jay just said, it's like I'm leaving just a neighbor to Angola, and uh, we helped to start the church there, and so there was this church that needed a roof, and so we put it up as a project with FMI, and thank God he picked it up and obeyed the Lord, and that church got the assistance. So thank you very much for what the Lord did and also what you are doing in terms of praying for the word. I pray the blessing of God over your life. Maybe a little bit about myself. You will see a picture of our church in Namibia, uh, my family, and some of one of our village churches, uh, just briefly, and then we'll go into the Word. Yes, that's our mother church, the first square where I pastor. Uh, there is a school, we have a private school, uh, Christian education, we believe that's something that we want to do, and that's my family, my wife. My sons and my daughter, one of my daughters is not the, the oldest. He lives, she lives like three hours away from us. But you see the St. Dunes, we're on vacation. And so 
Yeah, from there you get into the ocean. So we have land, land of contrast. You have a desert and you have an ocean on the other side. But that was lovely. And that's one of our churches in the villages. Uh, that was a service. And you see the children loving the Lord. the little ones there <laughs> you know they they live in the village they don't have the power the electricity they don't have the instruments but you see we can use what we have to praise the lord and god's heart is blessed by that and so that's one of our village churches and uh, we have 19 churches around uh, in the country uh, plus the one i'm pastoring which is the mother church and the school, it's a joy to have a school where you pour in into the lives of children. A little bit about the school, uh, the birth of the school came about when parents were searching for better education. And they would send their children like 400 miles, 500 miles away to live with an uncle. And so when they come asking for prayer for their children, you ask them, why did you send such a young child, 8 years, 9 years, so far away? And they will tell us we want better education and we don't get it here. And so the board get together and they felt, let's answer this need in our community and start a school. And of course there were challenges at the beginning, people not thinking that a church is able to run a school. But with prayer, God opened doors, we got uh, the registration uh, with the education authority and now the school is on since 2000 and it has been going on very strong. And so we are busy building and expanding, hoping to get to 700 learners. And I think that's what our capacity will hold. Currently, we turn away like 80 to 100 children away every year because we cannot accommodate them. But it's a joy to see children growing with the Word of God because it's a Christian education curriculum we are following called ACE, Accelerated Christian Education. And some people might have experienced it here because it's from the U.S., uh, where it's coming from But it does wonders Our children speak good English uh, Because it set them at a better standard Than the others uh, And uh, they read early in life And so it's amazing What God can do uh, Through a church And so let's be open to the needs around us And I know God will bless people through us So this morning I, Pastor Jay told me that You are praying uh, this time, and we do in Namibia, and yesterday, as we were praying here in the morning, at the same time, they were praying at our church, rounding up their afternoon prayers. It was just good when I talked to them, and uh, it's a joy to do this. But one thing I realize uh, that is important when it comes to prayer uh, comes, is our lives. And I'm uh, speaking on the life that begs our prayers. And so as we pray, there is a life that God expects us to live, uh, not because he cannot do miracles or wonders, is that God is real, and he wants us to be real with him. So whatever we present before him, he knows the motives, he wants us to live lives that are real before him. And uh, to that, 
God has no limits uh, to use us and to release powerful answers to our prayers. So come with me to the book of James, uh, chapter 5. We want to read a few verses that lead us into the word. James 5, I'll read from verse 13. It says, if, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith will save one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Amen. What a word it is that encourages us to pray. And I like the part where it says that Elijah was a man like me and you. Like passions, he faces uh, many temptations we may face, challenges, difficulties, yet God used him to pray in his day. Despite the darkness that was around him, he prayed that rain should not fall. And for three and a half years, it did not rain. Then he prayed again, and it started to rain. Hearing God listening to a man, uh, praying that God don't send you rain, and God agrees with that. It tells me that today God wants to use us. The hope of this world, is, they say, is the local church. And we are the church. There's so much darkness that happens around. But one thing we know is that the darker it gets, the light shines brighter. And so we shouldn't be discouraged in our day whether the morals are going down and what is happening through politics. The answers to the problems of this world lies with the church. And God has planted his church to give light wherever there is darkness. So when it gets darker, we should know that our light will continue to shine brighter. And that brightness comes through the life we live. Because they say action speaks louder than words. We can say things, but people look at our lives. I can say prayers, but my life will bless you most. Because if I pray here and you see me living a different life, you will wonder what was happening. But like I said, our God is real. He wants us to be real when we live our lives. And so here we hear about Elijah. I know he's a man who spoke to God. He's a man who also had his fears in life. You remember with Jezebel, uh, when he had well, killed the prophets, he did all these things. He said, I'm going to deal with you. And that brought fear in Elijah and he ran away in the hiding. But thank God that despite him being a man, he lived a life that God honored. And when he prayed, God stood with him to beg those prayers. And that's my desire to see that the church of God will raise to that place. That we don't just want to pray because we are religious people. We want to pray because we carry burdens on our hearts. We want to see change. We want to see transformation happening around us. We want to see our families 
living lives that brings honor to God. We want to see communities that are transformed where people live God-honoring lives. And so when we pray, we don't just pray because they ask us to pray. I'm praying because there are burdens that are on my heart that are sending me to my knees. When I cry tears, I want these cry tears to come because I carry a burden to want to see life getting better to somebody I'm praying for. And so the Lord will help us, I believe, in 2017. Thank God we started off with prayers. That is not something we do at the beginning of the year, but it's something we want to carry all through the year as we see what is happening around us and we pray for change. Can we say change? Yes, we want to see change. So God will help us. Now, there are stories in the Word of God that comes with what I'm saying. Uh, first of all, it's good to know that whenever you apply for a job, people will ask you for references. Where did you work before? What kind of experience do you have? They want to know the person who joins their team. Uh, when a new student applies for a school transferring, they also want to have a recommendation or something written from the previous school just to get to know who is this student, his behavior and the good things and the bad. And they want this to support their decision making and what to expect from the person. So even for us being children of God, in the realm of the spirit, there is a message we can send because of the way we live our lives. Now God knows us, nothing is hidden from him, and uh, when we come, he, he knows our motives, why we are asking what we are requesting of him. But one thing I know is like in the life of Cornelius, we know in the book of Acts chapter 10, this man lived his life, and as God appeared to him and said, your prayers came as a memorial before me. Uh, I know your deeds to help the needy. God knew the life of this man. And he came to him and said he should send people to Joppa to get Peter so that he could come. And that man would bring a message of God to him. He obeyed God. He sent people. Peter came. We know the story. That was a breakthrough to the Gentiles. That through that, God poured his spirit upon the Gentile people. And the Jews with Peter were even amazed to say the Holy Spirit came upon them. Just the way he came upon us. And to God, he wanted to bridge it and say, No Jew or Gentile, I'm pouring my spirit upon all flesh. I want all men to worship me. And so it happened that through his obedience, through the life he lived and his prayers he offered, God chose to bring an answer to the Gentiles through his life. And so we are here today having the same opportunities to present our request before God. But God is asking us that despite what you bring before me, I want you to live a life that honors me. And God wants to do that and I know he's able to do that. So Cornelius had great results because of the life he lived. But there is another group of people who were also praying, wanting to help people to be set free from evil spirit. And in the book of Acts chapter 19, we will read about the sons of Sceva. They wanted to cast out devils from people, from a man who was demon-possessed. But there is a question asked. This man with evil spirit says, we know Paul, because they were saying, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached about, get out of this man. 
So they were saying the right things. It's in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached about. They wanted this person to be delivered. But the life they lived did not support their prayers. And so this demon-possessed person asked them and said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? So when we pray, we might do it in the physical, but there is a message we are sending in the spiritual realm. There are forces that work against people's progress, that hinders us to move in and live a life that honors God. That's the aim of the enemy. Satan wants us to live lives that are outside the will of God. But the believer should have that aim to say, whatever I do, I want to do it for God's glory. And that's why for us this year, we are saying this is the year of God's manifest glory. The Bible tells us that uh, whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we should do it for the glory of God. Now you may say that's too hard, but God knows that it's doable. Hallelujah. Because it is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever we yield to Him, whatever we allow Him to do through our lives, we can achieve it. And so, we want to live life that brings glory to God. And I remember the words of David when he said that, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord. You see a cry, somebody who wants to live a life that brings honor to God. And I know that whoever lives for God will never be disappointed. God do not disappoint. Every word he gives, he follows through. In fact, the Bible says that he words, his word will not return void unto him. So everything God requires from us, when we pray, when we live in accordance to his will, we will not be disappointed. God will honor that life. And when you come before him in prayer, you will pray with authority. Because you are, you are sent a message in the realm of the spirit. You know, spirits knows. The, the evil spirits know whom they are dealing with. And that's why when these men stood to confront them, they could easily say, who are you? I don't see that spiritual authority in you to cast me out of this man. And that's why even with Jesus, the man who had many evil spirits, uh, when he came, they were, the spirits were crying or pleading with Jesus uh, because they knew who he was. And that's why Jesus cast those spirits out into the pigs. You remember that story in the Bible. They knew they could recognize that there is an authority that comes here. Somebody who lives a life that commands authority over us. And that's where we are. We are the light of this world. We carry the answers that the world needs. And so when things are getting darker, we shouldn't, we shouldn't run into the hiding. This is time for us to step out as God leads us and pray over our cities, pray over our families, pray over schools and say, God, we want to see a change. This new generation, no matter what is affecting them, God, we pray that changes will come. When people are sick, we come and speak to those sicknesses in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because that's what we believe. We say, he is our healer. So when there are sick people, say, call the elders of the church. Let them pray over this person. And God will do something. So we do that in obedience to what the word is saying. And God's word will never fall to the ground. If we do what the word say, we shall see the results. Amen. So the word of God is the will of God. He reveals his will in his word.
And so this year, 2017, that's one thing that is a priority to me is to say, God, help my life to honor you. There are many things that may happen around me, but I don't want to succumb to that pressure to say, God, you understand it because this difficulty that I did not obey you. I want to obey God no matter what comes my way. Because at the end of the day, we all want to hear that saying that say, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to finish well. Hallelujah. So let's live today with tomorrow in mind. I don't know who is coming to me tomorrow for prayer. But I want to live today well so that when tomorrow comes and I'm praying, I want to see result in those prayers. I believe that's what we want at the end of the day. You don't want to pray against the ceiling, isn't it? You pray, but it's like nothing is happening. We pray because we are hopeful that we serve a God that answers prayers. We might be weak. Yes, but in Him, we are strong. Hallelujah. We may seem that things have seemed to be confused, but God is in control of this earth. The earth belongs to God and everything that is in it. And so no matter what happens, we know that God is in control. He is the ruler of this earth. He is the, the final authority to whatever is happening. So whether I should pray for three years for something to happen, I will know that God has the final say in any matter. Whatever he lays on my heart, God will bring to pass. Because he's a God that knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. So when he starts something in me, he knows how it's going to end. So it's better for me to trust him. So, but I want that life that brings honor to God. I'm living in a nation where they say that 90% or over 90% of the people are Christians. And I used to applaud that and say, oh, that's good. I don't need to deal with people of other religions or whatever. But I see that it's so difficult to reach them. People who are already saying they are Christians. When I speak to them, they will say, well, I'm a Christian. I've got my church. Uh, I pray when I eat. I pray when I... Wake up, whatever. But when you read the news and you hear about gender-based violence, you, you hear about robberies and these things happening, those people answers to Christianity. But it's like, yes, I'm a Christian, but it's not the life that I want. I'm still living this, but I answer Christianity. So there's double standard. This side, I remember God, or I open God to this part, but this part, I don't want God to interfere. That's my privacy. That's not the Christianity we desire to see. We want to see people who are fully surrendered to God. Hallelujah. Whether I'm in the public, whether I'm in private, I know that I'm a servant of the living God. I live for God. I want to honor Him. I want my thoughts to honor God. People might not read it. I can stand here and think so many things. But God knows what's going on in my thinking. And therefore, I want to look at God and do what is acceptable to Him. If that is my standard, of course, I mean, God's standard is higher than the human standard. Hallelujah. You can say something and everybody will applaud to you, but God may shake His head and say, why are you doing that? It's not right. But people may accept it. So, but if we learn to honor His standard, I know we are doing well. And I pray that this year we want, God will help us to get results when we pray. Hallelujah. When we pray for the needs around us, in our communities, the difficulties, whatever burden he may place on our heart, is because he knows that we are those candidates he wants to use to bring an answer to that. So let's pray with hope. Let's pray with that hope, knowing that there is a God that answers prayer. 
He is not silent. He speaks to us. He hears us when we pray. So let's do that with dedication because if we do it according to the will of God, we will always get the results. And so we need to take that time to be with God and hear Him speak and let, allow Him to minister through our lives. Uh, I want to finish at the end by saying this world is getting busier. And I know you people in the U.S. are much busier than us. <laughs> Everything is fast here, you know. You, you know, it's so fast. But, you know, we need to make time in the midst of those busyness to prioritize our time with God. It's needed in this time so that we can hear Him, so that we can present. My prayer was this morning and say, God, whatever I will say to your people, I want it to mean something in their lives. I don't want to stand and just speak because it's from your word. I want to say things that you want me to say. Amen. And so when we live such surrendered life, surely we can speak things over our children and God will bring them to pass. Amen. Just like Pastor Jay was speaking to the baby we dedicated, that this is a warrior. We can pray that over our children. This is a wonderful man and woman of God. These are future pastors. These are future doctors I'm seeing in my house. They will walk in the fear of God. They will be a blessing to this community. They will bless this nation. We can pray and speak such declarations over our children. But we do that by faith, believing in the Lord, that we do it according to his will. And God will raise our children to be those warriors. God will raise our children to make a difference, even in other states in the U.S., God can do that. But God will remember the day you were praying that. And says, because of your prayer, you were faithful as a parent. Look at what your children are doing today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so I want to finish in prayer with us. But really my burden to us is that let's live for God. No matter what happens, God is number one. No matter what happens in our lives, God will have the last say. And so as we pray and live lives that brings honor to him, there will be a backup. God will back us up. We won't pray against the ceiling. We shall see breakthroughs. When there are walls standing in us, God can break those walls and destroy them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we pray?